Thank you for checking out the Missio Day Humble Park podcast and joining us as we join God as he makes all things new. We are excited to pursue his heart for the greatest city on earth and the center of the city in this great neighborhood of Humble Park. At the face, maybe isn't the most uh, relevant to worship, but I think basing it off of this gives us like a really cool perspective to look through. So we'll try to do that. I'll share some of my own experiences, and hopefully it'll just be, um, yeah, encouraging for you all, like Van say, to take like the idea of worship outside of Sunday, outside of like this is the only space for that to happen because. God wants to come near to us continuously. We see that all throughout Scripture and in our own experience whenever we turn to Him. So, um, yeah, it's always available. But I'll get ahead of myself, so we'll start with reading Psalm 42. As a deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night, while they say to me all the day long, Where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I would go with the throng and lead them in procession to the house of God, with glad shouts and songs of praise, a multitude-keeping festival. Why are you cast down on my soul, and why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. My soul is cast down within me, therefore I remember you. From the land of Jordan and of Hermon, from Mount Mizar, deep calls to deep at the roar of your waterfalls. All your breakers and your waves have gone over me. By day the Lord commands his steadfast love, and at night his song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? As with a deadly wound in my bones, my adversaries taunt me, while they say to me all the day long, Where is your God? Why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. Psalm 42. So the thing I want to talk about today related to this, as it relates to worship, is this phrase, where is your God? Maybe I have that on its own slide. Let's see. Yes, there we go. Where is your God? That's, that's the position that you start in with this psalmist, where it's like not looking very worshipful. It's not looking like very hopeful. It's looking like I can't see God. Everybody around me is kind of telling me, well, where's the proof? Like, obviously, everything's like going poorly. Where is God in all of this? And I think that's a really cool place to think about in terms of when we think about worship because it reminds us that worship is not just for when we're um, feeling it emotionally or like when we're feeling happy or it's a sunny day or whatever it is that would make us like more prone to be like, I'm going to praise God and like praise God for those opportunities too, right? But um, worship is not only when we feel close to God initially, but it's a way f- when we're feeling dry or thirsty or distant from God to lean into him and to just realize his nearness um, to us. So that's uh, what we'll be looking at is the idea of 
this question, where is your God? And then later in the psalm, he realizes that the Lord's been there singing over him the whole time. Um, but there's a few uh, things I was thinking about of like what keeps us from like worship. And I'm, worship being, you know, usually we associate that with music, but this, this adoration of God, right, which should come in different forms. Um, but like what keeps us from that, or I just think, kind of think like in my own life, um, what prevents me from kind of entering into that space or even just making space for that. Um, so a few of them would be, uh, that I'll just kind of list off, would be the feeling of like unworthiness or I'm not ready or I have to get certain things in order first in my life or um, something like that before I can enter God's presence or before I can go before him in that way. Maybe the idea that God is, like, too big, and then we see, like, there's that uh, James Webb telescope now that's all these, like, crazy star pictures that is, like, beyond what the Hubble has been doing. And it's like, oh, this is, like, the number of galaxies that's within, like, a straw size if you looked up in the sky. You see some of that, or you, you know, anything that you might research about creation is kind of mind-blowing, and you're like, well, if... If I do believe that God created all of this, then what, who, who am I? Like, even in the Psalms, like, what is man that you care for him? Like, you must not have time um, or care that much that I, to, that I seek you in worship. Um, another thi- other things might be we get hung up on, like, the method of worship or a certain approach. A lot of times, like, I think for me, sometimes that's, like, with music. I'm like, oh, like, I don't really like that song because I'm, like, judgy as a musician. <laughs> like, that's, that's not the right vibe. Or, you know, whatever, whatever other way we would, like, say this is the right way to do it, and these are the things that have to be right in order for me to worship. And so, it, you know, just those, those kind of blockers go in place um, or distractions. And then last thing I think is, like, really... Um, probably relevant to a lot of us, but at least for me, is just the idea that it's not the priority or there's a better use of my time or my attention. I think that's often the thing I have to overcome is like you're just caught up in whatever you're doing day to day. Um, And so how do we uh, realize the value of worship? So we'll probably come back to those. But I think in general, the way we start to dismantle these lies is through a combination of practice and experience, as well as scripture. And that is um, how I would describe this spirit and truth idea, which Jesus said in John 4, the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for the Father is seeking such people to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. So I think about that in terms of we seek to understand who God is, the truth about God. We want to know who we're even worshiping, right? We we can't just, like, direct whatever up into the ether. Um, So we want to have some idea of, like, where to direct our gaze or where to focus our attention. We have to have some sense, even though God is so... you know, beyond what we could even comprehend. We just have to know a little bit of the direction to turn. Um, Which I would say related to the scripture side or the truth side, right? And so 
getting to, getting to that understanding. Um, but then at the same time, it can't just be it coming from our head. Worship is not, um, is, we don't see head in here. <laughs> we see spirit and truth. Truth relates a little bit to your head, but spirit's definitely not just related to the, the knowledge you have up there. Um, so, like, how does that come down into your heart, right? How do, how do you get that in worship? And that's where, in my experience, just that practice, that experience of, like, and the, the testimony, right, of, like, okay, I remember this time that I, I pressed through and I sought the Lord in worship and then he showed up. And then you keep doing that and keep doing that and you keep experiencing his presence. And that's really what the Lord has to do. We, we do so little to just turn to him. In my experience, even like, um, you know, do, doing something I'm like, all right, I'm going to stop and pray or I'm going like to stop and like play a song or whatever, just like not even if I'm not feeling it. And so many times, like, the Lord responds in, like, ways that, that feel, like, supernatural or that feel special to me, um, and his presence comes. And so if you do that long enough, then you start to expect it, and you're like, okay, like, you know, I'm kind of tired. I don't know if I, want, if I want to go here right now in terms of prayer or whatever, but I'm going to do it. And, um, you know, you're not always going to feel anything either, but so often the Lord responds, and that's really up to him is how he responds. And, um, but that experience, uh, the Holy Spirit needs to reveal himself at a certain point. Um, but that kind of discipline, that practice, to continue to seek him and continue to uh, go after him, he, he is very faithful to respond. Um, and that, that is what I think makes it hit our heart because we're experiencing just like you would um, if you get in any relationship, you have to spend time with that person. You have to get to know them. Like, this is that, you can know about somebody. Like, I know about, I don't know, some celebrity or politician or whatever. We know all these little things about them. But to know somebody as a person, you have to hang out with them, spend time with them, and then, then your relationship with them starts to sink into your heart, out of your head, right? Like, when you first meet somebody, it's like, oh, what's your name? Where do you work? Like, where do you live? Like all the small talk that you have to just kind of like, okay, go through this, get a little sense of who you are. Um, but it's so much different of like somebody you've known for, you know, a long time. It's just a much deeper level of understanding there. So um, I think that's, that's uh, similar to worship, worshiping our God, getting to know him through, um, through that that practice, that experience, basing it on the scripture. Um, yeah, See, it's, it's I think a mixture of mixture of discipline in that way, where you, you know sometimes you come to church when you're feeling tired, or you you know wake up a little early to pray when you're a little sleepy, right? <laughs> As you were saying earlier, um, things like that. I think there is a discipline there. It's not always just like even what we see in, in the Psalms here, um, he has to remind his soul, why are you cast down on my soul and why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God, right? We kind of have to remind our soul from time to time and have that discipline to just be like, all right, I'm going to do it even though I'm not feeling it. But in my experience, and I think as we see throughout Scripture, the Lord is faithful, the, the Lord does... Um, reply and uh, loves to fill those spaces. So I just encourage you in that. Um, 
the the real point of pretty much all of Scripture does seem to be this idea of God coming near to His people, God coming closer and closer to us. Like I said, it's just we just take such a small little step, or like ter- figure out where to direct our gaze and like look at Him, and then He does so much of the work to come towards us. And so as, that's what I want to um, look at next. We, we get to, in Psalm 42, this phrase, By day the Lord commands his steadfast love, and at night his song is with me. This realization that God um, is there by day, by night, and is the one singing, especially as we think about worship and how we're singing to God. God's song is over us. Um, and it's a song of steadfast love, steadfast being like unchanging, always there, not going to go away, trustworthy, and that's happening day and night over us. And that's, um, that's the reality and the answer to the question of where is your God? And all these accusers of the psalmist, I think this was David, no, the sons of Korah, but them saying, where is your God, right? And that's the answer is it, God is here. God is, God is available and accessible to us, and that's the crazy thing about it. Um, so we... Uh, can look at that kind of throughout throughout scripture but i do think that's um a good posture to be in in worship too of not feeling like i have to come to worship and i have to do something specific to get god's attention you know that's a natural thing my kids do that all the time they're like doing something to get my attention um but if god is always there and his he's full steadfast love and he's shown, as we'll dig into in, uh, in a moment here, that he's always trying to get closer and closer to his people, then it really is just a matter of, like, accepting that <laughs> and, like, leaning into that and be like, okay, thank you, Jesus, that you are here. Even whatever that looks like, however I feel, whatever's going on, you know, just kind of leaning into the, the fact that, that he is here, he is good, and just... Um, Thinking about worship, not in the way of like, okay, I have to do X, Y, and Z, but about inviting him in to just be with us and that whole idea of like abiding with God. Um, I was, a while back, I was thinking about like prayer in this way and the idea of like the Our Father, you know, it's like a prayer that Jesus gave us. It's beautiful. It goes through certain like themes and uh, that's great, and I say that a lot, but um, at the same time, you can't, you want to be connected with God throughout the day, so how do you do that, and I think, you know, a lot of us probably wouldn't just, like, recite a prayer, like, over and over throughout the day to feel close to God. It'd probably feel pretty dry after a while, Um, and you don't have the time for that, but um, I was kind of started playing around with this idea of, like, our breath and you breathe in and you breathe out and the breathing in being um the beginning of that prayer which is our father who is in heaven holy is your name some sort of recognition about like who god is and again this just like directing our attention towards him in some little taking some little small step to be like okay like realizing who he is and then you get into you can get into requests and so sort of the breathe out of like okay what do i need to get off my chest and what do i need to present before you like what am i dealing with um 
So that's just a cool little re- reminder that I had of like how we can approach that in um, in prayer as well as in worship is first coming with a realization of who God is, and you know there's there's so many different scriptures that you can use for that like your steadfast love, just like that's that's one way you can start your steadfast love or um, your mercies are new every morning or um, Great is your faithfulness, right? Like all, all these things about who God is. Um, the fact that he created the heavens and the earth. The whole earth is full of your glory. Um, majestic is your name in all the earth. These kinds of things to just like help us direct our attention at God. So we look throughout, um, throughout scripture here, like I said, we see God coming closer and closer to his people, which is very cool. Um, one of the the examples of that or the stories or like the images that was kept coming to mind as I was thinking about this message in terms of worship is the idea of the tabernacle and the glory of God descending like a cloud on the tabernacle representing God being with his people. It was just such a cool um, image. But even before that, we, we wind all the way back to Genesis. The Spirit of God before creation or during creation is described as hovering over the waters. And this idea of just this like kind of cloud-like hovering. Um, and we know, to the character of the Lord is loving, right? So like this hovering kind of love over creation. Um, and that is, I think sometimes a really cool experience you have in worship when you experience the Holy Spirit like that. It's like something is different in terms of just like the atmosphere. There's some sort of hovering, like sort of feeling going on that the atmosphere is different. Um, and that's, that's, I think, what we're after. We just want to continue to invite God to reveal himself in that way. But we see that starting in Genesis. And then... Um, we get to the tabernacle, but I was looking at cloud pictures to just kind of have something fun. And this was very cool because um, the clouds are very awesome, but also the trees are very dry, which is what we're talking about, of my soul thirst for God, for the living God, like a deer pants for flowing streams. Um, and so, I, yeah, that's great. Shout out to, I think, the government for that picture. It's the National <laughs> Weather Service or something. So... <laughs> Um, but I'll leave this up as I think I have, uh, yeah. So the next one, um, as we kind of go throughout scripture and see this, so God hovering over creation, the spirit of God, and then we get to Exodus and the people of Israel have been liberated from slavery in Egypt for the purpose of worshiping. God said, let my people go that they may come to worship me. That was the whole point of, um, this like freedom from oppression and worship went hand in hand uh, with God. And so um, then we get to Exodus for you. It says, Then the Lord, cloud covered the tent of meeting, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And Moses was not able to enter the tent of meeting because the cloud settled on it, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. What a cool picture. And just... It would be so mind-blowing to be there and to see this like physical cloud that represented this God who had just freed you from uh, oppression of this other people in a very miraculous way through <laughs> over a dozen miracles, I think. And, um, 
and then you're seeing, seeing that physical presence, physical manifestation of his presence and a sign to them as like, okay, I'm with you. Like, here I am. They called it the tent of meeting. The point of that was to go meet before the Lord. And everybody was too scared to do it at the time, except for Moses, apparently. And I think Joshua later on, um, because it was, they saw also in like the mountain and the fire and like lightning, they saw all these signs and wonders that uh, gave them this fear of the Lord. But within all of that, the Lord directed them to build a tabernacle. And the point of that, again, was to meet with God, to be attentive meeting. Um, so I, I think that also as you're entering um, worship for yourself, or as you're like kind of pursuing God in prayer, um, even if you don't have, you know, words to say, just that, again, that idea of like a cloud or that, the Spirit of God hovering. It, it doesn't always have to be this like um, exact communication. Like I'm going to say this to God, and I'm going to get this message back, and we're going to like carrier pigeon it or whatever back and forth. Um, some of it is just about being in His presence and just inviting His presence, and that sometimes doesn't come with a specific message or a specific word, and sometimes that's just a feeling. Um, but again, that's like really important and really awesome because that helps us. It helps our heart connect with God, our spirit connect with God, not just our head. Um, So then we get to Jesus, obviously, later on, right? Where Jesus is described as Emmanuel, God with us. That was the culmination um, for the Israelite people of this history they had of God being with them as a people but it was still a lot through Moses. It was still in the specific place in the tabernacle or later on the temple. It was also filled with um, a cloud of glory. But now we have Jesus who's in human, God in human form, God with us. And the, later on it says the hope of glory. Um, oh, that's skipping ahead. We, we see Jesus also... Um, kind of hearkening back, and it seems like to me in some way, of this hovering aspect of the Spirit of God, hovering in a loving way, when he comes into Jerusalem in Matthew 23, and sees uh, all that's, I think the context is all that's going wrong in Jerusalem, and this is kind of coming from this kind of painful place of like, ah, these people, (laughs) like not getting it, and he says, how often would I have gathered your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, and you are not willing. And that, to me, relates to worship because, again, we're just taking these tiny little steps towards God. We're just trying to open up ourselves a little bit towards Him. And it's really a matter of whether we are willing to pursue Him. It's not a matter of whether He wants to reveal Himself to us, come down to us, be near to us. He's shown that. That's what we're looking at is all throughout Scripture is the history of God revealing himself to his people, coming close to his people, closer and closer. Now we're going from Moses and God are like homies and everyone else hears it from Moses. But now we got Jesus. <laughs> and we got Jesus now and he's, he's here in physical form. And he's not just a cloud. He can talk, and he can heal people, and he can teach. And that, how, like, 
next level is that. You're like, okay, we had God as a cloud. Now we have like actual person we can look at. That's great. Um, and then the other great thing that, well, one of the other great things, many great things that Jesus did. One of the very awesome things Jesus did is he's re- he revealed God to us as a father with that prayer, our father, and many times that he refers to God as his father. Um, and like how much that just changes the game, again, in terms of our posture towards God and our expectations of God in worship, right? Because again, this is, then we're not talking about some like cloud-like thing that we're, that we can't expect, like, what's going to happen, or is, is this, like, a good cloud or a bad cloud? I don't know. But a father, like, really changes the perspective. Um, and, you know, different people have had different relationships with their father or other fathers. That can definitely get tainted. But when we're talking about, like, the, the way a father is meant to be in terms of loving and responsive to uh, his kids' needs, essentially, right? That was a huge thing for me when I had kids is just this, coming back to this idea of God as Father, and it blew my mind. I was like, because I, you know, I had that idea of like, okay, yeah, God is a Father, that's great, like, it means he loves us, and that's, that's good. I had it in my head at that time, but when I had kids, like, actually right before we had Asa, as we were waiting, which took forever, um, so there was a lot of time to like <laughs> think about these things, but uh, as we as we Jacqueline was about to have Asa, that really really hit me. Of and again like that was great because then it hit my heart right of like wow this is like a, a, a small portion of how I'm feeling right now about to have um, my son. That's just like a small portion of how God feels about us. Like I'm telling you that that's a game changer. That will change everything about how you um, relate to God and how you, uh, what you expect from God, too, you know. So if he's a father, he's always trying to be closer to his kids. He's always drawing near to us. Um, we just have to take those baby steps towards him. Uh, my youngest, Ellie, at the top of the stairs, she like, doesn't want to go down the stairs by herself ever, so she'll just kind of reach out, like basically jump, and I better be ready. And I haven't dropped her yet, so I am ready. But I see that as, like, uh, us in worship as well. It's just, like, it's just that little, little jump, that little reach out towards God, and then he'll, he'll take that and, um, I think, reward that. So then Jesus is crucified, and we get another picture of how God wants to be near to us with the veil and the temple being torn. So the veil, or the temple was the, came after the tabernacle, but the same idea of like this physical place where God's presence was. And it was accessible by the priests, and it was for all the people. It was for the purpose of, um, you know, all the people being able to worship God, but that place was really only accessible to the priests. And it was this holy place. And when Jesus... Uh, was crucified. We hear that that veil was torn, the veil between uh, the Holy of Holies. And so we, and then we get into, um, I don't have the scripture up, but in Romans later on, it's described this way, through Jesus we have gained access 
by faith into this grace in which we now stand, and we boast in the hope of the glory of God. That's Romans 5, 2. Us gaining access to God through Jesus. What a, like awesome thing. So that we just see another example, again, in Scripture of like how God is getting closer and closer, right? So it's through this cloud, it's hovering, it's through the temple, it's through a person in Jesus, and then he splits that veil and the holiness and that, that cloud of glory is now accessible to us outside of the temple. Big news. Big news. Um, the last place we see we see God coming near is through the Holy Spirit and in the church. Maybe two places. But we see then in Acts, right? That the Holy Spirit comes and is now accessible, as we saw when the veil was torn, outside of the temple, you know, in in his people. And then we get to the church, which is now described as the temple. In Ephesians 2, in him you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. So that cloud of glory that we saw... Coming, coming down the tabernacle, this physical manifestation of God's presence, the equivalent we have to that now is the church, is us, is his people, not the church of a building, but the church of his people, being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. What a cool uh, picture that is in light of the history of God's relations with his people and the power that that um, represents, right? Um, a few more scriptures that we see describing this. First Peter 2.9 says, You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. This royal priesthood, this holiness is now the church, uh, the people who are following Jesus. Later on in Ephesians, in chapter 3, it says, Through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. So not only uh, making God known in the physical and like bringing love to people around us, but also your worship moves things in the heavens. Your, your worship changes things in the spiritual atmosphere, uh, those rulers and authorities in the heavenly places that God has ultimate authority over. And we're pressing into him. We're directing our gaze to him. We're worshiping him. We're declaring how great Jesus is. That's going to change things, not just what you see um, in front of your eyes. And so that we go back to that, where, where is your God, right? This is not always obvious to everybody. This is not always obvious to us. Where is your God? Where is God working? How is God moving? He doesn't do it always in a way that we would expect or that we would want <laughs> or that other people would be looking for. But he is moving, and he has always been moving closer and closer towards his people. Worship is just us responding to that and leaning into that, kind of falling back into that. And such powerful things can come from that as we're being built together into this dwelling place for God by his spirit. 
the uh, culmination, I suppose, would be um, in what is described in Habakkuk 2. For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. The glory of the Lord was the same thing that was described with that uh, cloud in the tabernacle that represented the presence of God there to love his people. And that's what it's saying, that the earth will be filled as the water covers the sea, which, I mean, it pretty much covers the whole sea. <laughs> it's like all, the, all of it. <laughs> the, the, the whole sea is water. Um, so that, that is what we're hoping for. That is what we're expecting. <laughs> that, that is what we're expecting. And we, again, we can't see that yet. We know that now by the Spirit, that God is accessible to all of us, which is the really, really, really great news in Jesus, and that, the, that this presence of God is accessible to all of us. Uh, but we still want that water of his glory, that cloud of his glory, to reach into a lot of more lot more dark places in our world. So, may his kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven, as we say. So we get into um, this part of the psalm where he says, Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. And we say, he just is going back, back to this again and again. I shall again praise him. I've praised him before. This is going to be sort of this discipline of mine to continue to remind myself and to remind my own soul that God is worth hoping in. And that's really what we have to do in worship is just stir ourselves up in that way. Not that we're manipulating anything God is doing, but we have to remind our soul of like, okay, this is like worth hoping in and then let God do the rest and trust that he's always wanting to be close to us, not wanting to be far off, which is what we see the whole, all throughout scripture here, um, and which I hope I'm communicating that point really well. So looking back at some of the lies or the things that keep us from worship, try to respond to those in light of this. We had, um, I'm unworthy, I'm not ready. Um, I have to get some stuff in order in order to present myself to God, like, right, like, you might not think of it exactly in those terms. You might know in your mind from being around the church long enough. It's like, oh, yeah, Jesus forgives me. But again, like, there's a difference between what you know in your mind and what you actually believe in or act upon um, from your heart. But, you know, to that point, I would just bring it back to the love of the Father, right? The, our Father is in heaven. Like, the fact of God being a loving Father his kids make mistakes, and he's, he's not shaken because of that. And he's not waiting for them to get their act together in order to love them. The love continues. We saw the, the steadfast love of the Lord um, in this psalm in verse 8. We also know that we've been brought near by the blood of Christ, as it says in the New Testament, that this unworthiness has been paid for, our sins have been atoned for. We can access the throne of grace boldly in our time of need. That is available to us regardless of our own doing, regardless of our own worthiness. Then we get to the idea that God is too big to see me, that God doesn't care. Like, what is, what am I to the creator of the universe? Um, 
And I think that, to me, comes down a little bit to actually having a small view of God. <laughs> because we're like, well, he doesn't have time. He must be constrained by time, just like I'm constrained by time. And so, well, let me see, like, six billion people times all of human history times however many, you know, whatever stuff is going on in different galaxies that he has to attend to. Like, he just really doesn't have time to, like, worry about my particular situation. But I think that's just a, that's a, another way we limit our imagination of who God is. And you can see God's bigness in the littlest things. You, you look at cells, right, and, like, atoms and how all these, like, little things work. And you see such intricacy, such detail, such complexity there that starts to show you that it runs the gamut. Like, God cares about the big things and the little things, and he's big enough to care about both. Um, Do you think, oh, well, this worship, it has to be a certain way, or I have to use a certain kind of music, or I have to be in a certain space, or a certain mindset, or even the idea that um, my, like, emotions, like, can't be trusted or should be taken out of worship. Or, on the other hand, like, I need to get really emotional. I need to, like, get all these songs in this, like, certain key so I can stir up my emotions. But, um, you know, just to remind you that it's not about saying the magic words. It's not about these things that we do if God is always trying to draw near, closer to us. Um, I, I think I went through a time of, like, not listening to a lot of worship music because I was like, well, I'm, like, too cool for that. And, it's, you know, these are, like cliche, kind of pop-oriented things. Um, and, you know, there's some of that, and that's the beauty of having access these days to all sorts of different types of music. You can really pick and choose whatever you want, whatever's working for you. But I also think there's a element of that that I had to just get over and be like, okay, this is, like, not about whatever I think about that person who's singing and their own you know, whatever they're trying to do to stir up my emotions or to do whatever, doesn't matter. Whatever kind of, like, style they're using, whatever kind of production, you know, you know, however they recorded this. At the end of the day, this is really about me connecting with God. And so if I can just put on some, some music and uh, let that help draw me in, you know, the, the emotions are created by God. God is very emotional, as we see in the Bible. This is not, like, a bad thing to to use music or to even have, like, emotional music to help stir up our souls towards God. Like, this is who he is as well. He's described as a father. He's described as a friend, a lover, a comforter. Like, these are all, like, very emotional, kind of relational types of um, ways that that God is described in, in the Bible. So I just encourage you to, if you're like me, just get over those things <laughs> to a certain extent. Um, and then the last one, which I think is the hardest for me, is just the idea that there's a better use of my time or attention. Time is such a premium, I think, in our probably our culture specifically, um, maybe our age group, you know, mo- most of us kind of like in, the, in a similar age group, there's just a lot to do, like the hustle kind of that Chicago encourages in you to some extent that like hardworking um, yeah, it's really easy to to just say, okay, like well, I don't have the time to put on some music and like worship God right now because I gotta do X, Y, and Z. Um, 
or that, you know, it's just going to take a lot out of me. I have to, like, have my energy up or, you know, and I want to spend my energy on other things. Um, the Related to this, I was thinking about the parable of the sower. In Matthew 13, you, a lot of you have probably heard the story, you know, that it's the idea of planting seeds and depending on the different ground that seed falls in is like how different people respond to the word of God. But the one that really resonates with me whenever I hear that is the last one, the seed falling among the thorns, which says, refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. The worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, are often the things that uh, take us out of a place of worship because it's not worth our time, not worth our attention, because we'd rather focus it on something that's going to make us money, something that uh, is just part of our complex, worry-filled, anxiety-filled life, right? Like, we live in a very productive age, and everything is, like, moving fast and happening fast, and you get your smartphone and your notifications and all these different things. Um, it's so easy to get, like, caught up in, like, that worry. Um, and I don't really have a solution for this. Like I said, this is the har- probably the hardest one for me, except that part of it is just the discipline of realizing, okay, I'm... I'm choosing, I can choose to worship God, I can choose to set aside time, even if it's a small amount of time, a large amount of time, I don't think it matters. I'm happy if my kids, like, look at me for three seconds and say, I love you, Daddy, and then, like, run off. Like, that's great, you know what I mean? Like, I don't think we should get hung up on, you know, the check boxes of, like, owing God a certain thing or a certain amount of time or expecting, like, it's a bingo card that we have to, like, fill out before um, he responds. But there is still a level of discipline, right? Like, there is still a level of what we see in this psalm. Why are you cast down on my soul? Why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. That discipline to continually remind ourselves to hope in God and continually point ourselves towards him. Um, So that's what I just want to encourage you all to do And to think about is to just remember that God is always trying to draw near closer to his people. That the cloud of his glory and his presence is available to you at any point by the Holy Spirit. And is with us and is wanting to move around you uh, in, in your life and in the lives of those around you. And worship is more than just songs. It's about fostering a space for God's glory to dwell with us. It's just inviting that glory in to be with us and to just try to grab onto a little piece of it. (laughs) Keep on grabbing. Um, Practically speaking, what does that mean? You know, find some good playlists. Go on YouTube, go on Spotify, ask me to build you a worship playlist. I'll do it. That's great. There's lots of good content out there to just help kind of help you center yourself towards God. And, And again, music is really helpful for that. Because we're, just try, we're trying to just turn ourselves a little bit towards God and then just let him do the rest. That's all we're trying to do. We're just trying to like be like, okay, God, I'm going to get in this headspace. I'm just going to choose to worship right now and then just let him do the rest and not try to overdo it. Um, but then all other habits that you can build would be, you know, prayer habits, obviously very important of like 
when can I find time to more consistently, like humans are very habitual creatures, so can I like consistently, you know, have some time to be with the Lord at a certain time, if it's in the morning, first thing when I wake up, or that type of thing, or using the Lord's Prayer, I found is a really helpful way to just kind of, again, just get in the zone, and just like start, when I don't know what to say, it takes less energy to be like, okay, I'm going to start with this, and this is like a jumping off point, this is what Jesus gave us, that to Again, just point myself towards the Father a little bit. Um, and then, of course, worshiping within the church here on Sundays and in community is very important because it helps. Um, we all help each other find God together, right? We're being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. This is not just something that we're supposed to go off in our own direction and you start to kind of get for, like slant, slanted a little bit as you get out of... Um, church community and you get into your own head and then you start like creating this other version of who you're worshiping and we're, but we're all supposed to be bu- being built together in this. We're supposed to be doing this together and um, bringing those different perspectives to like sharpen each other's ideas about who God is and to remind each other who God is. When, again, going back to the psalm, where, where is your God? They're saying, where is your God? The church is there to remind each other of that question, remind us that God is here, God is accessible, um, and to continue to just pursue his glory amongst us and amongst us collectively um, throughout our city and throughout our world. That's it. I will pray. Jesus, we just praise you for the way you've revealed God to us, we thank you for the glory of your presence, filling the temple and now filling your people. Lord, we ask for that and we long for that when we are thirsty, when we are dry, when we're feeling, we're not feeling that. We long for your glory, Jesus. Cover the whole earth as the waters cover the seas. We thank you for that promise. We thank you that you are doing it, that you are working it out in your people, that you've invited us in to abide with you, to live with you. God with us, the hope of glory. We just ask that you would encourage uh, everyone here or everyone who's listening to hope in God, that you continue to be our hope, that you continue to draw us into deeper levels of worship, that we could connect with you easier and easier as we spend more time with you. Thank you that you're always accessible to us wherever we're going.